Welcome to the Landmark Theatre's Q&A podcast. Today we'll hear a conversation with writer-director Noah Baumbach about his new film, Marriage Story, now playing at Landmark Theatres nationwide. This conversation was recorded at the Landmark in Los Angeles on the film's opening night. Hi, everybody. Sorry for the little delay. Um, Noah is just coming up the escalator now, so he'll be with us in a second. My name is Scott Feinberg. I'm with The Hollywood Reporter. Um, and here he is. <laughs> Please welcome Noah Bob. <laughs> How long were you vamping? No, we, uh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> well, congratulations. Today's a big day. This is uh, going out into the world. How do you feel? Good. Yeah. yeah it's nice to be here. How? I thank everybody for coming to the movie theater. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, you should have applaud that. Yeah. No, seriously, it's a big deal. I think it's, it's, Netflix gave us a whole month, which is, the most they've done and, and for a movie before it goes on the server. Um, and so anyway, it's great you guys are here. So can you talk about how long ago the idea of a movie about marriage and divorce first? I mean, it's, it's sort of popped up in a number of your other films, right? But this, uh, this particular kernel of an idea, when did that start? Well, I was, I was thinking over the last few years, I've been thinking about it, uh, sort of driven to find a way to tell a love story, a kind of maybe a new way to tell a love story. And I, um, I in, 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 a, in, a, in a way, I, 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 I found it in sort of uh, in the story of a divorce. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I was sort of basing it on that sort of theory that when, a, when something that, you, that you're familiar with every day stops working you know if a door that you go through every day suddenly is locked and you can't figure out how to open it you look at it in a different way it suddenly reveals itself to you and I thought well then maybe in in telling this you know through the narrative of a divorce I could actually kind of investigate marriage um, and 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 tell a love story so you have been uh, closely associate, you know, closely um, a witness to divorce as the child of a divorce, as somebody who's been through one. It's also the case with a number of your collaborators on this. And I think it's interesting and unusual the way that you consulted not just your own experiences, but also from the writing process on some of these other folks uh, and integrated things. Can you talk about, you know, is that something you've done in other scripts where you're working with the actors from that early on? Well, in Meyerowitz, I, I brought Adam, Adam and Ben uh, in, in pretty early, um, but yeah, with this one, I, I also did a lot of research on. Uh, uh, I interviewed lots of people who've gone through divorce and 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 also professionals who work in the divorce system, lawyers and judges and the mediators, and and I, um, but it worked sort of. I, I, I found it invaluable. I mean, having both having Adam and Scarlett and Laura in my mind while I was writing, both both gave me, you know, it's inspiring. You you and but also I I, I think it gave me confidence to to push scenes in ways to do things that were more formally 
you know, might seem risky under, uh, you know, a five page monologue generally in, in a, <laughs> an, an adult screenwriter might tell you, you know, you got to show that in flashback or for something, you know, or, or probably not implied. They tell you not to do flashback, but, but, uh, um, you know, that we should see all that, not be told it. But I thought, you know, with Scarlett doing that, it could be really compelling. Um, but also they, yeah, they just provided, we talked not only about, you know, personal matters and relationships and for the, you know, people's experiences of divorce and marriage and, uh, but, but just the movie in general and movies. I mean, Adam Driver and I've been now, this is our fourth movie together and we've been friends for a while. So it's, it's, um, we've been, we, we constantly have a kind of thing of just things that come up. It could be, a, you know, oh, you should look at this movie or check out this haircut you know he's he's big on that he likes he sort of had a, a Noah haircut in this well yeah that when he said when I said check out this haircut we haven't done that movie yet that I'm no, talking but I just about. thought it was interesting um, I looked like a familiar hairstyle well you know I, I'm I'm literal uh, well also unusually early uh, in the process for you know compared to most people you brought in your editor can you talk about literally writing the script to tailor to things that she was suggesting? Sure. Uh, Jen Lame, who, who edited the movie, this is our maybe fifth movie together. We, we started on Francis Ha, and I, she's wonderful. I mean, she's somebody I, I'll, I would, you know, I, I, I would, would wait for her to make a movie. You know, I, I really feel like, um, Mike Nichols has a, had, a, had said once, which I think is a, is a great quote, and it was very true for him because he was an interpretive director. He didn't write, um, you know, the scripts, but he, um, but was such a personal director, and he said, you know, every director needs a buddy, and I think that's true. It's it can be lonely business, mm -hmm. and um, and so and that buddy can take on many different. Forms it can be more than one buddy. I mean, Adam has been a buddy, but Jen has definitely been a buddy. And what I do, what we do is I bring her in. Yeah, I give her the earliest drafts, and in a sense, what we do is we edit the script the way we're going to edit the movie, so that I can, uh, you know, save. You know, we, we don't have to shoot this stuff. You know, that that we're we're not gonna, um, you know, that we're not gonna use and and. And then I involve her. She'll come to rehearsals. I will. Um, we talk throughout the shoot. We talk twice a day. We talk when I drive to the set. Um, we talk about the day ahead and what I think I want to accomplish and how it we see it in the sort of body of the whole movie. And then we talk at lunch about the dailies. On, we shot on film the dailies, so they come actually two days late. So we talked about the dailies from two days ago, and did it, you know. W w did I do all right? You know, um, <laughs> what do we need? You know, what uh, did we get it all? Um, so that when we're in the editing room, I feel like we 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 we've kind of arrived there together. I mean, it's the same way of working with the actors. It's you know, the that when we start to shoot, we get on set. We've spent all this prep time. We've rehearsed, um, and and the same thing is true. You know, I I see no reason why not to do it with with all collaborators, so that you're. You know, you all have the, as much information, and and you've kind of arrived at these things together, when when you know when the rubber hits the road. And 
I guess one thing that that all of the aforementioned people were um, involved with with you, and I think it's one of the more memorable, um, or you know, of a lot of memorable parts of this movie is the opening. I think about eight minutes sequence of the things I like about you know they're saying about each other. You have put together and. Uh, a montage of all kinds of things. I think you've said that some of them are just think images that have been in your head for years. Some of them are just variety of reasons. And then paired it with the work of another collaborator who's pretty amazing, Randy Newman, who has not scored a dramatic film in 20 years, comes in and um, has to do eight uninterrupted minutes to, to all these varying stories and emotions. I just think it's a pretty impressive feat of filmmaking for all of these people in one sort of microcosm so how did that come together yeah well those 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 that montage is is a, it's a big part of the movie i mean obviously it begins the movie but it also sets uh i mean in a sense it sets a tone that then the movie sort of kind of pulls the rug out from under you and it it it, it puts something that felt so immediate and present and and intimate, it, it kind of makes it instant history. Um, but the truth is I felt as we, the movie continues, the little things, the mundane things that, that were there still exist, you know? I mean, and, and that was always so important for us that, that, that love exists in every scene of this movie, no matter how contentious things get. And by having that base, I feel like the audience then has those sort of, you know that, that that those sort of little things in their mind, and and um, but re you know working with Randy Newman, uh, you know what a great part of this job is to work with you know people who you you've grown up with. And I mean, he didn't grow up with me, but I grew up with him. Um, <laughs> it's one-sided growing up, uh, but uh, we, you know, I I sent him the script also. Very early on, and he wrote back a, a nice note, and he he attached a file, and I, you know, listened to it, and it was just him playing the piano, um, and you know, with his, his iPhone recording it on, you know, you could hear it's his studios in the back of his home, so you could you know like hear him get, being called for dinner, and, you know, <laughs> um, uh, uh, like you know, lawnmowers, and but but it 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 was this beautiful. Uh, just beautiful and it made me cry and I kind of took it with me throughout the shoot and I sort of it, was, it became a thing I sort of was like I hope I make a movie that this is feels like this yeah. and uh, you know and then a year and a half later we are at the Alfred Newman stage at Fox who's Randy's uncle people don't know Randy's comes from this Royalty. long yeah big, long line of musical people and has cousins Thomas Newman David Newman are also composers um, you're a loser in that family if you haven't won yeah. multiple Oscars yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was true of Randy I think till yeah, Monsters yeah, right, University exactly. yeah, he was like nominated like right, 18 times, times or something yeah. um, uh, but uh, but so and then we're recording now with a chamber orchestra we're recording that exact cue that he sent and it's the cue that plays when um, Charlie is out on the landing looking at the photos for the, at, in the first time, and then it plays again at the gate, and then at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, music comes up in another way, uh, unrelated to Randy, in the scene of 
Adam Driver singing Being Alive, which is such a powerful, unexpected, sort of just show-stopping moment. And I wonder if you can share why you why that's in there, what it represents to you, because I think that's, for a lot of people, one of the moments where you're like, this is an incredible um, performance by somebody who you've worked a lot with. Well, Adam and I have talked about company over the years, and... and even the sort of notion of is there a movie of company we, we sort of talked about for a little while and in doing that we were I, we, I was listening to the score a lot and thinking about it and watching old performances and you know on YouTube and uh, and the notion of Adam singing being alive was so compelling to me I felt like well even if we don't do that we could maybe we just <laughs> find a way to justify it in a movie uh, and I, I half joke that I reverse engineered this entire movie to uh, get him to do that um, but uh, it was a note I had as I was you know there are many of them but it, you know as I was working sort of how could I arrive there but um, you know there there what was interesting about the material for me is that there were many hidden genres in it that revealed themselves often in different scenes you know there's kind of a screwball comedy at times there's there's a thriller aspect at times courtroom procedural there's a horror movie at, at, uh, often uh, um, it's a love story and it's you know it's it's also a musical apparently uh, uh, and as I was going I also felt like well she should have a song as well and and that's it's from the same if you know company yeah. her her and uh, Julie and Merritt's song is also, um, you know, I felt like it was a way for them to be talking to each other and without talking to each other. Um, Laura Dern has been great in many things, but the dialogue or the monologue that she has in here and just some of the peacocking of just the way she'll crawl up on the couch and, um, or, or, you know, stuff in the kitchen, so scene chewing or scenery chew it's just great um you had not worked with her but you knew her and knew her skill set for a long time right why how do, could anyone else have played that the way she did well, i mean laura and i are basically the same age and i, I in a sense i grew up with her too i mean right. uh, you right. know when i started in my i don't know when i was you know my early tweens maybe <laughs> you know i mean or t it were like when when mask and smooth talk and um, Rambling Rose first came, you know, I, I um, you know, and I, and, and then of course Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart blew my mind, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, I'd become friendly with her and she was also a, a, a real companion in the, in the process of this movie and I said, you know, I want you to play this lawyer and, you know, that's the thing too, you're writing, you're sitting alone writing the script and you write, the lawyer, you know, Nora strides across the room, you know, says, sorry, I look so schleppy, you know, I, you know, that's, you know, you, you have Laura Dern right. to give you that idea, you know, that's not just something I think, again, I come up come out on my own. Same thing with the, with the monologue. I felt like, you know, thinking of Laura delivering it is, and, and shooting that with Laura was fantastic. I mean, it was not dissimilar to, to many of the kind of maybe the bigger moments in this movie where the actors were so in the pocket that I would just, I mean, you, there was just, they would like swim through these, 
things. I mean, Scarlett with that, her monologue, uh, Laura with hers, Adam, you know, with with the song, or that the, they 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 were so inside it, and so that it 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 it's that thing you. D I I tend to do a lot of takes, but a lot a lot of that happens when when the actors are are, are bringing so much of themselves to it and, and and bringing all this life to 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 what what I've written that that they they give me ideas so then I sort of see what is possible and it's that thing it's like almost like this their workload grows as good as they are you know she's a family favorite right because she's also in Greta's she's Little in, Women she's in Little Women and <laughs> she's wonderful in that yeah. and completely different part and uh yeah it's it's uh she, she is she is she's she's living with us yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the last of the specific scenes I want to ask you about is the fight scene sequence because it's so um, so grueling just to watch let alone I can't imagine the press of making it so how many takes what were you looking for I believe there was very specific uh, writing and direction of how that should go down yeah, well, that was it, it, that was shot over uh, two days, um, and it was the most difficult thing I've ever done or shot as a director, uh, and the most rewarding thing, um, and and difficult because the the scene itself wasn't difficult. They were wonderful, but it was it was just you know to 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 play those moments over and over again. Uh, and see what they were doing, and 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 really the exhaustion and the toll it even was taking on them. It became really um, important to take breaks and like and kind of you know if you could in a perfect world you'd say like let let's go shoot some more of this next week or something. But you you know you have to stay in it. And um, but it was it, to 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 what you're saying. It was it was extensively rehearsed and blocked um and that scene like the whole script i mean the is the overlaps you know the dialogue is is exact and the overlaps are exact so like where people come in and when they you know when you you know you, when you should come in on somebody else's line even um, when he starts crying right uh yes even when the breakdown happens the hitting of the wall all those things so I mean, in some ways, it's not dissimilar to like working on like an action sequence or something in that you I feel like we have everything down uh, and the blocking we rehearsed it in the in the location and, you know, with them and they found their way into, you know, I had a kind of idea of how I saw the scene going and they found found their way into so so it could w work within, you know, that it felt right to them. And I find that giving those kind of having those parameters that kind of you know in some way some kind of safety net for everybody it then allows the actors the freedom to go and let go uh which was required if, you know, i mean and you see what they did in that scene it's it's remarkable um and and that feeling didn't stop i mean we're editing at those scenes you know we, I, again there's two days there are a lot of takes um gets you know jen and i would watch them and then we'd have to stop you know we'd be like you know you know i guess take three seven eleven you know let's just let's go <laughs> go get a bite <laughs> you know um uh, uh so but again it's so rewarding as as it would take 
you know, take its form uh, because of what they are doing. Well, if we can close, we'll, we'll take three questions from the audience. I emphasize questions as opposed to uh, soliloquies, pitches, <laughs> et cetera, um, just in the interest of time. So let's start here, please. Yep. Hi. Uh, you mentioned that you worked with the actors, that you gave them a, that safety zone in terms of the blocking. Uh, but the direction, it, I mean, it's, it, I will say, I got to say this. Congratulations. It's an amazing movie. The writing, directing, Thank performance you. is phenomenal. But with the directing, did they, like in, in Scarlett's monologue, she goes into the bathroom, she comes back out. Like, was that something that you staged or was it something that she said, listen, I think I need to get up, I need to move around. Like, how much is that collaboration in terms of the blocking? Well, it's all staged by the time we're shooting it. Um, but um, it depends on the actor, because sometimes, I, I actually found, find with, with but both Adam and Scarlett is they're very open to whatever, you, you know, if, if I feel like, oh, I want, you know, movement, you know, or I just would rather you go over there in a way. I mean, the the fight scene, I felt like the blocking had a lot of real logic to it because it, in a way, it almost, it, it almost plays out how they've, their relationship for the whole movie, which is she's kind of trying to get him to see what's happening and he's walking away and he's, he's, he, you know, I mean, the, the, and so that's kind of how it, it ended up playing is he keeps finding, you know, I'm, I, I'll do these dishes now, you know, or I'm going to go into, you know, pack up Henry's room, you know, and she's trying to get him to focus and then he finally focuses and, and we see at that point what, why he's afraid of, focus you know of, of coming forward and, and of confronting because he's hiding he's protecting himself understandably and um, so you know the monologue I had an idea you know that of how I s thought it should be um, and that's pretty much what you see um, it, it, I'll say though in that monologue uh, uh, is even though Scarlett has a song as well as Adam. I think the monologue and, and, and being alive actually are kind of. Yeah, they're kind of shadows of each other and, and or mirrors or something, something that feels like the, the thing it's in front of. And then, and uh, uh, what was that? <laughs> yes. Uh, um, and, and it's the only time that the camera moves it's, uh, without being motivated by physical movement. I mean, we, and there's a lot of movement in the movie because people are moving a lot. Um, but, you know, the push in on Scarlet and the push in on Adam and being alive, I felt like it's internal movement. It's emotional movement. It's, it's something is changing and we can't help but move in. Let's give somebody away in the back a chance. And we're not seeing anything, so we'll come back up. Go ahead. Um, so... I never noticed quote-unquote cool shots in your movies until like the third, fourth, fifth viewing, you know, because I'm so engrossed in the story, but I'm curious about some of the conversations that you have with your DP in this particular case with Robbie. Um, you know, the wonder with Scarlet, you know, how like negative space in Los Angeles versus like the frame being so colorful and filled in New York, like how do those conversations look like and when do they take place? Uh, are they in pre-production or are they inside or are they in 
It's, I mean, we, it's, it's in, in pre-production, we prep a lot, and we prepped in New York. We shot in LA first, but we prepped in New York, so we, we knew we had a whole game plan for New York before we all kind of relocated to LA, and then we came back and had a week sort of break slash prep again, and then we shot New York. Um, but yeah, those are things Robbie and I, it's not dissimilar to working with the actors. You, we get together and we, um, in the beginning, you're often looking at references. We're looking at movies. We, we you know, Bergman's persona if you, was a, a, a big reference because we knew we wanted a lot of close-ups. It's, it's in those conversations we decided to change the aspect ratio from how, you know, how I've ever shot before. It's 166, which is a narrower, you know, aspect ratio, if you don't know, is sort of, you know, the size of the frame um, that you're watching. And it, I think it, it frames the faces uh, in a beautiful way. And I knew I, you know, there's a lot about, sort of as you were pointing out, a lot of the movies about internal and external, uh, at least the way we were kind of approaching it visually. So you have, you know, both the, the, for them, you know, their, their internal life versus the external life. But also we're in a lot of rooms where you can see, you know, you know, the, the space outside. It's like a painting or something. You can't get there yet, you know. Um, but all those things come up and then as we find the locations that that then informs a lot of stuff and suddenly the locations give you new ideas you know you you know blocking that you maybe kind of had theoretically doesn't work in the new location you, you get a new idea a better idea hopefully um, uh, we, something we were talked a lot about uh, was point of view because the movie um, you know I think in a without calling attention to itself sort of plays on this notion of who are we with? So like when, you know, early, the first part of when, when Nicole goes back to, to Los Angeles, we're, we're with her. It's really kind of her movie. So even when Charlie re-enters, we're with her experience of Charlie. Charlie's almost a character in her day, you know. But once she serves Charlie and, and, and after they read Stuart Little, it kind of starts to shift over now. We're more with him. And when he returns and he's got the Frankenstein, uh, outfit you know he's trying to convince her now she's more almost like a character in his day and but once they're in the mediation uh, with Bert and, and Nora everything's over there each one of their shoulders uh, and it's shared at that point forward for the rest of the movie and uh, even when the lawyers are talking to themselves we're never with the lawyers it's always with one or the other of them it's all everything is their experience the whole movie um, and you know, those are things that come up and, you know, become, you know, sort of, you know, exciting ideas that you, you know, w that when you're there, you have them and you're, you know, you're ready to implement. Knowing, of course, that every day on set provides new stuff and ideas and, and you want to be open to all of that always. That is so interesting about the over the shoulder and I didn't even think about that. So I think I gave a soliloquy. And no, yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> Well, we actually are out of time, and but that was a worth worth the answer. Um, so thank you for coming. Thank you for doing. Thanks, it. No, Scott. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Landmark Theaters Q and A podcast. If you want to hear more conversations with filmmakers about the latest independent, foreign, and documentary films opening at Landmark Theaters, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit our podcast website at landmarktheaters.podbean.com. You can also check out our YouTube channel for videos of Q&As and other exclusive content. See you next time.